All right, here we go. Good evening, everyone. Tonight we are learning Maseches Psachim, Daf Dalit. Yes, take one of those. Um, I, um, I will be screen sharing for when we're going to be learning uh, within the Shulchan Aruch to kind of uh, look at the distillation of our learning thus far. And we'll learn a couple of data that are halachalamaisa, some of which we've already touched upon and some of which we have yet to learn. Um, so let's get started. As you may recall, yesterday we were learning about the sugya of Lashonaki. We're learning about the sugya of making sure that we speak uh, with a clean language. Now, that was after learning about the sugya of not speaking Balash and Maguna. So there's the Sur Meira and then there's the Aseito. First, we have to make sure we don't speak poorly. And then the higher level of that, of course, we shouldn't speak poorly. The higher level of that is to speak Naki in a way which is very pure. And we're going to learn a few stories still today in connection to yesterday's sugya. We're eight lines from the bottom of the page on Daf Kimmel Amidbez, second of the last short line. Rav Kahana Chalash, Rav Kahana was unfortunately ill. Shadruha Rabbanan, the Rabbi Yoshua, the Rabbi Yoshua Berei de Rav Idi. The rabbis sent Rabbi Yoshua Berei de Rav Idi to go visit Rav Kahana. Amru lei zil b'dok maidine. Go check and see how he's doing. Asa, he went there. Ashkeche, and he found denach nafshe, that unfortunately Rav Kahana had passed away. On the spot, kare lilavushe, he tore his clothes. And then, so he tore his clothes on the right side. We only tear Kriya on the left for a parent. Otherwise, all other Kriyos that are torn are on the right. And then he reversed his shirt in a way so when people would see him, they wouldn't immediately know that Rav Kahana had died. Um, and then he cried. And then he came back home. Now, there are a lot of very important things to learn from this. First of all, he was not a child of, of Rav Kahana. Why did he tear Kriya? So the din is, this is also, I believe it's explicitly quoted in Shulchan Aruch, that when your Rebbe Muvhak dies or when the Gadol Hador dies, you are supposed to tear Kriya. So in those circumstances, they tell stories about when Rav Moshe Feinstein died, that people were tearing Kriya all over the world. Uh, they tear, tear on the right or tear at the bottom of the Beged. That's what doctors do. And there are doctors who see death all the time. When you're present at the Etsiyas Hanashama, it's also appropriate to tear Kriya. So a lot of doctors will just take a little uh, scissors. They'll cut a little bit on the bottom of their garment and just tear a little bit to be yotze kriya for yotzeas anasham. Just a mashu. Doesn't have the same din of kriyas tefach when you're doing so for an immediate relative. But nevertheless, you can see here the Rabbi Yoshua Bereder of Edi was giving the appropriate halachic kavod to the passing of Rav Kahana. Um, and then uh, now back to where we are. We're five lines from the bottom. So then he came back to the to the chevra and they said amrulei noch nafshe the Rav Kahana pass away. What did he say? I'm not going to say the words out loud. It's not going to exit my lips. Based on the Pasuk of saying that when if you say something that's not nice, you are a fool. So he didn't want to say it, but it was over, over time evidenced that in fact he passed away. Another story, way less significant in regards to passing away, but still a story about Lashonaki. Says the Gemara, Yochanan Chakuka. Nafak Vakiriyasa, Yochanan from the city of Chakuk, according to some, that's what Rashi says. Rashi says it's his nickname, actually. Uh, other Mephorshim explain that it's a city, uh, either from Chakuk or that was his nickname. Nafak Vakiriyasa, he went out to the village. Kiasa, when he got there, Amrule, they said to him, Chitin Nasu Yafos, tell me, how's the grain this year? How's the wheat grain this year? And he didn't want to say it was bad. So he answered by answering about animal feed. What did he say? He said as follows. The barley is looking good. Well, minus the fact that we put it in chalant, that's not a food that we normally eat. It's animal food in general. So they said back to him with a, with a snap, they said, 
Amrulay, they said to him, you know what? Say uvaser la susim alachamor. Why don't you go tell the good news to the animals that eat the barley? Thank you very much. Just tell me what's going on with the wheat. You're giving me about animal feed? I, I, I'm hungry. I need to buy some food. As the Pasuk writes, this is food that goes to other people. And therefore, uh, you're, you're talking about things that are for animals. So the Gemara says, I mean, you're right, but at least it was Lashon Naki. He didn't say the wheat was bad. So then the Gemara says, last line, what was his other option? What could he have said that would have been a better formulation to indicate that the wheat was bad? So says the Gemara, he still could have maintained Lashon Naki. He still could have maintained this higher level of speaking by saying what? He could have said, Ishtakad, last year, last year the food was good. At least this way, he's still talking about human consumption, human food. Or he could have said, Inami Adashim Nasu Yafos, lentils. We know from Esav and Yaakov, we know that lentils is a food that people eat. Last Rashi on the page says, Machal Adam, this is a food that people eat. So the people in his community were kind of annoyed that he gave a, an answer that was Lashanaki, but in animal feed. Don't give me animal feed. Talk to me about people feed. You could have said you're Lashanaki in two various ways. You should have done that. Top of Daf Dalamadal, if you had another story. Rav, the famous Rav, the early Amora. Rav, bar Achuha de Ravchia, uvar Achte. Okay, he was the nephew twice over of Ravchia. Here is how it works Ravchia had a brother. His father was the same. Ravchia had, had a father. His father had wife number one. They had a son, who was, and they had Ravchia. Okay, and then the father also had another child with another woman, another a daughter and a son. So the two half siblings on each side married and had uh, and had a child. They had uh, they had Rav. So Rav's parents were the siblings of Ravchia, which means he was twice over an uncle. That's the case here. This is like a Yavamo sigil, almost, almost not as hard. So the Gemara says that Rav bar Achuha de Ravchiu bar Achte, he was the son of Ravchia's brother and the son of Ravchia's sister, Kisalik Lahasam, and then he went to go visit Mishpacha. Amrule, and his father's name was Ivo. Amrule, Ivo Kaim, Ravchia said, Is my brother Ivo, your father, is he alive? So what did Rav say back? Amrule, Ima Kayemis. Did you ask if my mother's alive? My, your, your sister, right? Because remember, it's Ravchia's brother and sister, just half sisters on each side. So then, Amar Le, okay, fine, fine, I'll ask you. Ima Kayemes, is your mother alive? Amar Le, Rav said back to him, this is a Gersa change, it has to be Abba, because you're not allowed to call your father by your first name, Simon Reish Mem, in, in, uh, in your day. You cannot call your parents by their first name. Amar Le, Abba, Kayem, you, you're going to ask about my father being alive? Why are we going through this circular conversation? Obviously, Rav was trying to indicate something, and at that time, at that moment, Rechia picked up that both his brother and sister each of the parents of Rav had passed away. At that moment, Amar Lei, Rav Chia said, Lashame to his servant, Chalutz li minali, take off my shoes, v'holich kliacharai lebeis hamerchatz, and bring my kalim, bring my, uh, my collection of items that I need for uh, the beis hamerchatz. Story ended. Now, what did we see from here, which is just connected to our sugya? What we saw from here is that you should speak Belashon Naki. That was similar to the story we saw on the bottom of the page, where Rabbi Yeshua, the Raider of Edi, did not want to say the words that Rav Kahana had passed away. He did it beremes. He did it in a more gentle way. It says the Gemara, Shma Minot Tlas. I learned three things from this story. Number one, Shma Minot Avel Aser Bini Ilas Asandal. The first thing we learn is that you're not, as an Avel, one is not allowed to wear ni'ila sasandal. They're not allowed to wear leather shoes. Okay, a lot of the shoes have pieces of leather on them. Some of them have just a trim of leather. Good shilas, fine. But bekitzer, you're not allowed to wear leather shoes when a person's in Avelus. Ushmamina, we also learn a side din that shmua rechoka, 
Shmur Rechoka is a unique din within the world of Avelos. A Shmur Rechoka is if a person hears that one of their family members have, has died, but they hear at least 30 days after the family member dies, they don't sit a full Shiva. All they do is one act, one Misa that indicates Shiva, and then uh, they only then they can get up from Shiva right away. What do we also see from the part of the story where Abhiya told his servant that he should pack a bag to go to the base of Merchatz? We also learned Mixas Hayom Kikulo that part of the day is considered like the whole day as it relates to Shiva. What do we see in Shiva houses? On the seventh day in the morning, they have Shachris. People usually sit down, they say, the family gets up, they walk around the block, and the whole shiva is over. At that point, you're done. That's called mixasayom kekulo. And we see that all of these dinim played out here in the story with Ravchia and with Rav. The Gemara interjects now, somewhat difficult to understand exactly why this Gemara is here, um, just kind of off the page a little bit, as it were. And the Gemara says about 10 lines down, everything this person said, he wants to go to Bezden. He never wants to deal with you directly. Oh, you want to make a business deal? Let's go speak to the Dayan. I don't want to, I don't want to trust you on your own. Let's go speak to the Dayan. If you find a personality like that, says the Gemara, he's probably from Shevet Dun. Based on the pasuk, dechsiv dun yadina moke achad shivtei Yisrael, that uh, it's probably the case. It's part of his wiring to be done, to be uh, to be in a bezdin. So that's why this person is very litigious. Next case and similar. A person who says, I'm going to build my house on the waterfront. They checked about this person. This person is likely to come from Shevet Zvulun. How so? Zivulun's always going to be by the water. So these two Gemaras are strangely placed here. I, I don't know what the methodologies were of the Savurayim when they wove the Gemara together. Nevertheless, it is here and we will learn it. Uh, and if a person takes you to court a lot, they may be from Shevet Dan. If people love the water, they always build on the water. They are possibly from Zivulun. Let's get back to Hilchos Psachim. Now, we had already concluded yesterday after having learned Tublat that there is no question that when the Mishnah says, Orla Arba'asar, we know that the mitzvah of Dikas Chametz, the mitzvah derabanan of Dikas Chametz is on the night of the 14th. We'll learn a little bit more detail in the Shulchan Aruch and Mishnah Brewer later, but let's continue for the moment inside. Says the Gemara, third of the way down. The hashta, the kaimalan, dilakule alma, or ortahu. Now that we know that everybody, referencing, of course, Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda from the very opening of the Gemara and Daf Beis, now that we know that everyone agrees that or is orta, namely now that we know that the mitzvah derabanan of B'dikas Hametz is on that night, when we do it on the night of the 14th of, of Nisan, michti, let's see. Bein the Rev Meir, uvein the, I'm sorry, that's not what the word says. Bein the Rev Yehuda, uvein the Rev Meir, whether or not we follow the Tana of Rev Yehuda or Rav Meir, they both hold that Hametz eno asr el shaos u lemala. When does Hametz become asr mi oraisa From the end of the sixth hour and beyond. So says the Gemara, if that's when the Isser starts, if the Isser do rice of Chametz starts at the end of the sixth hour, then v'nivdok b'shis. Shis, Aramaic, shis, shes, tough and shin are interchangeable. V'nivdok b'shesh, b'shesh, just check in the beginning of the sixth hour. Let's say we had a perfect, a perfect day. Sun rises at six, sun sets at six. So that way it makes the clock easier. So when's the end of the sixth hour? The whole first hour starting at six is hour one. Number, hour, number seven, hour seven is number two. Eight is three, nine is four, 10 is five, 
11 is 6. We're getting toward the end there. And then, okay, so at the end of that hour, it's going to be chametz. Just do b'dikas chametz, b'shiz. Just do it in the beginning of the sixth hour. Why the night before? We know it's the night before, but why is it the night before? That's when we should be checking. And if you're going to argue, you're going to tell me, oh, because Jews, we, we have a lot of zrizos. We try to do mitzvos early in the morning. That's great. But if you're going to argue Zrizin Makdim and the Mitzvah, that the reason why we do it the night before is because of Zrizus, no, that doesn't work. Then Nivdok Mitzafra. Then all we would have had to do is go back to the morning after Shachras. Why? On the eighth day, we have to do a bris milah. Vitanya, the Brisa writes on that pasuk. The entire day is kosher to do bris milah. As long as the sun is up, the bris is good. Ella sheds reason makdim in the mitzvos sheneemar by Ashkem Avraham baboker when Avraham was commanded to do the akeda when did he leave not the night before in the morning so even if you're going to argue that the reason why we're doing bdikas chametz early is because it's reason makdimin even Avraham didn't go to the night before to leave for the for the akeda he left in the morning so even if you're going to argue zrizos we only would have had to go back to the morning back to our question why is bdikas chametz at night. If you're arguing that it should be because there's reasons, it should have been in the morning, on the morning of the 14th, when we wake up, why do it the night before? Answers the Gemara. Doesn't sound like a very halachic answer, but it sounds like a very practical answer, says the Gemara. Amar of Nachman, a twofold answer. Amar of Nachman, Number one, people are home. No one's at work. No one's in the base medrash. You're home now. So we're going to do it at night. And number two, the Or Haner Yafelibdika. Best way to look in the uh, the chorin who's stuck in the cracks and crevices in the room is when the room is dark and you shine a flashlight or a light. But when the light's on from the ceiling, it shadows all the cracks and crevices, very hard to see. So their homes were not like ours. We're sitting, it's pitch black outside right now. We're sitting here with uh, 25 electric lights on top of us. But if we lived in a house where they had one lamp somewhere, it would have shadowed everything. So you pick up the candle and you move it so you can see better. And it's better to do that at night. For these two halachic reasons, we push Vidikas Chametz not by the sixth hour, not even Zrizis to the morning of the 14th, but to the night prior for these two reasons that Rav Nachman Rayitzchak states. Number one, people are home at night. And number two, because you can see better with a candle at night. The problem is like, are, we're saying that people are going to be home to burn the Chametz or they're, they're around their day, they're not supposed to work Arab Pesach, all these different things anyway. So isn't that a problem? Like people are around, people are around. Well, the culture was different then. Uh, the culture was different then in the following way, which is that once the sunset, people came home. It's just not like our culture because we have an electric culture. Right. In fact, this played in Halacha Lamaisa. The way it played in was according to a very unique shita in Hilchos Basar B'chalav. There was a shita, the Gemara says this, that we have to wait between meat and milk, bein se'uda le'se'uda. So there's a shita that says, it's a yekesh shita mentioned by the pre Chadash on the side of the Shulchan Aruch, that you only have to wait three hours between meat and milk. Why only three hours? Because when people would come home and it was dark, they'd eat. At the earliest point of the year, that would be approximately three hours when the sun would set early. So people were just home then. It's just not, you're asking a, a modern day question, like, well, okay, but just come home, like just do it. It's just, everyone was home at that point. The street lights were, were, were nil. It was dangerous outside. There were animals, there were people. It just wasn't the safe culture. So people were just pushing home, the whole family. It got dark out, everyone was home. So that's probably, I presume, a little bit of a depth as to why this was the case. Amar Abaye, an extension of this idea, an extension of this idea of doing it at night when everyone's home, don't go to the base medrash. Amar Abaye, Hilkach, therefore, what's the therefore on? The therefore is on Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak. Because people 
um, should be home. And because that the night is good for Badika, Haitzurba Meirabanan, Surba Meirabanan is like a catchphrase that refers to, to Talmud Chachamim. These rabbis, these Talmud Chachamim, lo liftach be'idne, they should not start learning a sugya, or to detleisar denage arvasar, at the night when, when, when you're traversing um, dark, when, when if it's becoming dark from 13th going into the 14th, don't start a sugya then. Dilma mishchale shmaise, because maybe you'll get engrossed in your learning. The asi le'inuyemi mitzvah, and you'll come to forego to accidentally skip the mitzvah derabanan of dikas chametz. So therefore, you're not allowed to learn. Then let's take out the sheets. Um, for those of you who have, I'll, I'll do a screen share for those of you at home so that you can take a look. Um, and we are right now on the page that starts with gimel. Here we go. And the shulchan aruch, shulchan aruch, of course, our codified messages that we've learned uh, from Rav Yosef Karo. Um, and Rav Yosef Karo looked at the Rishonim and then the Gemara and Rishonim and codified. So you'll see a language here, which is really a blend of things. And the second see if there's Simon Taf Lamed Aleph, the Halachos of Zman B'dikas Chametz, there the Shulchan Aruch, uh, the Shulchan Aruch writes as follows. At the beginning of the night, notice that he doesn't say or. At the beginning of the night of Yudalid, Bod Chametz or Haner. We check chametz or haner with a candle. Where the choron of the all cracks and crevices in your kitchen, anywhere you got to look, you got to find the chametz. Provided that catching the language from our mishnah, remember that line from our mishnah. We only do bdikas chametz when we need to do bdikas chametz. So that's line number one. And take a look at the uh, at the mishnah brura toward the bottom. It's underlined here. Uh, the seif katan aleph b'tchilas leil. Perush, when should we do the mitzvah of Dikas Chametz? Hold, hold this in your memory for 118 more days. Tekef achar yitzias hakochavim. Immediately after the stars come out. That's what we would call teis hakochavim. Today in America, we typically follow the sheets of Rav Moshe Feinstein that 55 zero minutes is considered as dark as it gets in America. It's not true in Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael, the sun sets faster, closer to the equator. There, the post can say 35 minutes is about as dark as it gets. But let's continue in the Mishnah Brura. He's talking a little differently. There's still a little bit of light. We're afraid you might forget. Start right when you get home from Shul. Fine. Next, Siv Katan, Bodkin. What Siv Katan base Bodkin? The Gam Tzarech Levatel Oz Es Hachametz. At that time, you do say Bittel. I call Chamir VeChamir Adika Birshusi, etc. Uchadila Kamon B'Simen Tov Lamedal Siv Base Umin HaTorah BeEchad Mehen Sagi. This is a quote from the Ran. The Ran was of the opinion that uh, you only need to do one to fulfill your biblical obligations, and we will. Where's the rest of this? Oh, yeah, sorry. Now turn over to the next page there. So there, uh, at the top of that page in the middle of the, of the line, it also says, Even if you have a set time to learn, you should not learn until you've checked. But let's say that Dafyomi was like mamish during B'dikas Chametz. We, we should push off Dafyomi that night. Even if you have an Ace Kavua Lil Mode, you should push it off. Lo Yilmod and in fact, the Shulchan Aruch continues, top line, being hischel lil mod, mi ba'ojom, if you started, ain't sarach lahafzik, you don't need to stop. However, v'yesh omrim, the Ramah, seemingly the Ramah interjects, shet sarach lahafzik v'chein nearly ikr. And if you look at the Mishnah Brewer on the bottom, underline, see if Katan Zayin, the Mishnah Brewer writes, lo yomad gam bazeh, yesh osrin, af b'chati shemikodem. You are not supposed to start learning even 30 minutes prior to the Zman of B'dikas Chametz. Dilma asi le'am shuchei harbe, that's our Gemara. We're afraid that you're going to get engrossed in your learning, etc., uh, etc. Et Im lo, unless, shebikesh lechad shiaz kirenu kishayavo hazman. 
unless you have a reminder, then you're allowed to learn. Okay, so we just have to be careful about that. But uh, the point of showing you this highlight is that what we are learning is very halacha What we've learned so far is very, this is practical stuff here. We need to know exactly when to do bikas chametz. We know that it's in the very, very early parts of the night. You're not allowed to interrupt with other things. You got to get it done. Let's continue in the Gemara. That was Abaye here who said that you're not allowed to learn. We are now two-thirds of the way down. We're going to get into a few halachic sugyas about uh, about Vedika Aschamit, now with our assumption, of course, now we're done asking. Now we know that it's on the night of, and we're not asking why anymore. Says the Gemara, Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak. A question was asked of Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak. You come rent my house. I'm giving you space. I'm renting you my house on the 14th of Nisan. Almi Livdo. Who has the burden? Who has the mitzvah to do Vedika Aschamit on this property? Okay, I own the house. Uh, outright, I pay the mortgage company and you pay me rent. Now you come into my house on the 14th of Nisan. Who has the mitzvah of Dikas Chametz? So says the Gemara, Al Hamaskir Livdog. Do we say that it's on the owner of the house, the Chamira Didehu? Chamira is a reference to bread, to his food. It's his food. O Dilma, or perhaps Al Hasocher Livdog to Isura Birshusekai. Maybe the burden of responsibility to check the mitzvah der Abanan is on the renter, to Isura Birshusekai, because it's in his house. The food's in his house. So he should be the one who's held accountable. Why? I'm living here to, right now. It's me. I'm in the house. You've got a loaf of bread on the counter. That's my problem. I don't own it, but I may have a desire to eat it. And that's not good either. So whose responsibility is it? So as the Gemara often does, we try to learn from another outside source, from, from an unrelated sugya to see if we can connect the two. Um, and let's see if we're able to do so here. Toshma. Let's give a similar case, but in a different area of halacha. Hamaskir It's my house. You're renting my house. Al hasocher. It is on you who rent the house. La asos lo mezuzah. Oh, so says the Gemara. I have my comparison. You wanted to know who should do bdikas chametz when you rent my house. Well, if you rent my house, you have to put up a mezuzah. So maybe when you rent my house, you have to do bdikas chametz. Says the Gemara. No way. That does not work. Why? Because the world of mezuzah has an extremely unique din that applies pretty much only to it. And what is that? Hasam says the Gemara, by mezuzah, Hasam ha'amar of misharshia, mezuzah chobas hadarhi. This is a fundamental aspect of the world of mezuzah. Alam idea, which we'll speak about, I believe, in Menachos, but in other places for sure, uh, in Avodah Zarah and in Baba Metzia and in Menachos, we'll get there um, when we get there. And it's just basically that there's a chobas hadar. The din of mezuzah is always going to be on the Chobos Hadar, but it's a unique din. So maybe we would apply loosely the principle of Ein L'chavo Because we have a Mechudosh din by the world of mezuzah, you can't extrapolate from mezuzah back to the world of chametz, to Bdikas chametz, no connection. So therefore, says the Gemara HaChamai, what then should we do here? Amar Luhu Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, he answered straight up. You asked the question of me, I'm going to answer the question directly to you. Tanina, we have a Tanaic source. What does the Tanaic source say? I'm renting you my house. I have yet to give you the keys. Then If the 14th of Nisan kicks in without me having given you the keys yet, that's on me. The starting point of the Badika was while I still had the keys, I have to do the Badika. However, I gave you the keys on the 12th, the 13th, the 10th of Nisan. Then you walk into the house on the 14th. Then the Gemara concludes with that quoted in Shulchan Aruch accordingly. Another case. Another question was asked to the same person. 
You rent my house on the 14th. You knock on my door and say, hey, do you have an extra apartment for me to live in? I say, sure, no problem. It's, uh, it's the, the, uh, the basement apartment. Here are the keys. And you walk downstairs. If you're renting, what would you assume about that property? Do you assume in a halachic frame that there's no mitzvah to Rabbanon to do b'dika because it's already checked? Or do we have to assume halachically that it's eno baduk, there's a chazaka, that there's no badika, and therefore I'm chayiv to check? It's not a loose question. The language of chazaka is a very strong question. What is the halachic reality of your property? Is it muchzak to be checked and therefore I have nothing to do? I'm just scot-free, I'm good? Or do we say, uh, uh, it's a chazaka, we, we don't trust the guy. Which, what's the default position? Is the default position that the property is checked or not, says the Gemara. What is the big deal? You just rented the house from me. Go ask him. I'm standing right here. Phil, did you clean the house? Yes, no, whatever it is, says the Gemara. I, I want a pure answer. I don't, want to, I don't want to intervene. I don't want to know what this guy did. The guy's not around to ask anymore. The landlord's not there. I want to know what is the standing assumption when you rent an apartment on the 14th of Nissan? Is it Chezgaz Baduk or Chezgaz Eino Baduk? Do we assume that it's a place that was checked already or do we assume that it was not checked? And what is the burden upon the socher? Is he obligated to do another bedika? That's the question at hand. Amar Lahur, Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, Tani Tua. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak was asked the question and he answered it. He's holding. So what does he say? Hakol Nehem, quoting from the Tanaim. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak was an Amora. So he's quoting Tani Tua as a language of referencing Tanaim. Hakol Nehem Anem Al Chametz. Everyone is agreed about beer chametz, also, of course, referencing Vdika. You can't burn what you don't collect. So, even though Nashim Avadim and Tanim, who are generally speaking not uh, reliable as it relates to the halachic stance of being an, an aid, but here we do allow for them to be to give testimony. So, this is the proof that Rav Nachmanuri is like, give. So, my time of Mehemne. What's the reason why they're believed? Turning to the top of Dalad of Abbas. So it says the Gemara, the reason why they're believed is because normally we don't rely on Nashim Avadim and Ketanim to be, to be aided. So it must be, says Rav Nachman Rayitzchak, that this Brisa is referring to a case where it's Chazkas Baduk. And because it's Chazkas Baduk, so therefore we can rely on the light, the light version of testimony of uh, the, uh, the Nashim Avadim and Ketanim. Or what is the assumption? We have a standing assumption by B'dikas Chametz that everyone is a Chaver. Now the word Chaver in Halacha is a person who is considered a person who is a very committed Jew. He keeps Halacha to the T. He's doing everything right. So this Chaver, it's, it, just like we would say by uh, just like we would say by Tevel, by untithed food, we trust him to Tanya. What does the Brisa say? I might have skipped a word there. Everyone is considered reliable as it relates to B'dikas Chametz. The Brisa writes, Let's say there was a person who was a Chavir, a top shelf individual. He's, he's great. He does everything right. That morning, he plucked fruits from the tree, vegetables, whatever it is. Even if they were picked that day and he died that day, we still can assume we can still assume that those payros are fixed. What does that mean for our case? 
That means that why do we say that Nashim Avadim and Katanim are believed? Because the case is the case of Cheskas Baduk. You asked me, when I go into your apartment on the 14th, is it Baduk or not? It says Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, based on a Brisa, Cheskas Baduk. I have no mitzvah of Dikas Chametz. You have no mitzvah of Dikas Chametz when you rent from me because I'm a Chaver. As long as I'm a, a top shelf Jew, so you don't have to worry about it. Everything is assumed to be done. No need to do Dikas Chametz. Says the Gemara, why would you learn the Brisa that way? Why would you learn the Brisa that way? Maybe here it's different because you actually got testimony from people. And maybe had they not said something, it would have been a problem. Says the Gemara. But, but these witnesses, they're, they're not valid witnesses. We don't rely on Nashim Avadim and Tanim. We do rely on them in plenty of scenarios. We rely on, on, on Nashim in regards to Hilchos Nida. That's Yisurei Karis. The lack of trusting for women in regards to, this is just a sidebar, but an important comment. It's not a qualitative question. Women have the capacity to be an aid for things that are divrei kares. It's not personal. There's a drusha that excludes women from aiders. So that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about, it's not a character assassination, a gender issue. It is the way that the, the psukim uh, derive who can do what. So here the Gemara says, Atu amir dahani midi isbe. Their, their aiders doesn't work. What must it be the If what you're saying is that the Mishnah is even without their testimony, so then your Mishnah should have said something different. Hi, Hakol The Brisa that you quoted on the bottom of the previous summit, why does it say Hakol We don't care if they're Neman. We don't care because it's Cheskasobaduk. It should have said, you shouldn't have said the Brisa to say, I trust Nashim Avadim and Ketanim because it's Chazkas Baduk. If their Aegis is not relevant, change the language. Why does it say Hakol Ne'eman? We don't care if they're Ne'eman. It's just Chazkas Baduk. Makes no difference. So therefore, Elamai, what do you want to say? Mishum Amira Dahani. You want to say that it's because they gave Aegis? Is that even possible? And therefore, Halo Amre, Halo Amre Hani Lo. What if they wouldn't have said anything? then would it have not have been considered Baduk? Says the Gemara, Tifshot Minei, by virtue of the fact that you included men, women, and children, you included Nashim Avadim and Ketanim, because you included them, that shows me that their Eidus is a something, which implies that if they don't give Eidus, Tifshot Minei, what will we learn? Dein Chazkas Baduk. Exact opposite of what you're trying to prove. Then it seems to be that Ein Chazkas Baduk. Says the Gemara, no, no, no. We're about 12 lines down. Really, in general, we assume it's Chezkas Baduk. So then what's going on here? If it's Chezkas if it's Baduk, then why do I need Hakol Ne'eman? Why do I need these people in the Brisa? They're not helpful. So says the Gemara, what's the case that we are dealing with in the Brisa? It is the Muchzak Lan de Lobadak. These people... Generally speaking, with a chaver, with a regular yid, someone who's a good person, they know what they're, they know what they're doing. We assume that they did bikas chametz. In this case, we have a chazaka that they did not do their job. They did not do their job. We have a chazaka here to lobadak, and here under this circumstance, vikaam rehani bitkine. That's when we rely on the nashim avadim and ketanim. So again, normally we say chazkas badur. This is a case where I know the guy who lives in that house doesn't know what he's talking about. So that house is Ein Chezkas But then if Nashim Avadim and Tanim, if one of them say, no, 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 I saw them bring in a cleaning, a cleaning crew. They brought out bags of Cheerios and they brought out all the chametz. Then we believe them. 
what might I have thought? Maybe we would not believe them in this case. Maybe the rabbis would have rejected their testimony here. Because the mitzvah of chametz is midirabanan, such a key line. The next five words are so important. Because at the very least, we know that you're yotze with all of your burdens and responsibilities just by doing bittel. Then hemnuhu rabbanon bidirabbanon. So what do we see here from the Gemara? We answered a couple of questions. We started with our question at the bottom of the page here. What is the natural standing assumption of someone's apartment when you rent it? The Gemara's answer, We assume that the apartment is considered to be checked. You have no mitzvah dirabbanon, no chiyuv. You have no obligation to do anything in that apartment. Move in and keep Pesach. You're fine. No bdikas chametz required. If you happen to know that the person's not, uh, they don't know what they're talking about. So then if you have ages from Avadim, Nashim, Tanim, and of course for men as well, so then fine, you're allowed to use it. I, Nashim, Avadim, Tanim are not viable, Edim. Yes, but in this case they are because you're balancing the mitzvah de Rabbanon of, um, of Bikas Chametz against the typical non-usage of Nashim, Avadim, and Tanim for ages, and it balances out totally fine. We are now, I'm on the wrong page, here we go. We are now approximately one third of the way down, at, uh, halfway down almost, another case, another question to be asked. Now we're taking it a step further. You rent my house and it's You rent my house, we sign a contract. You're renting my house, this is my house, here's my address. The, I'm telling you in the contract, house was clean for Pesach. You walk inside, there's chametz all over the place. Mahu, what is the din? Do we say, is when you make a purchase, but the conditions of the purchase were not fulfilled. I ask you for a blue car and you bring me a white one. Conditions not fulfilled. I ask you for a car that has less than 10,000 miles. You bring me a car with 20,000 miles. The whole contract is null and void. No transactions have transpired. Zero, nothing. Okay, you rented my apartment. I told you it was clean. It's dirty. Do we say this is a mekach tos or not? Seems pretty obvious off the cuff. We would have assumed it was a Mekach Tos. Let's see how the Gemara answers. Toshma. Let's see what the Gemara says to Omar Abaye. Lomi Baya, I would not need you to tell me. In a place where you don't hire someone, where you don't give money, Ubadku, and you check it yourself. Even in a case where someone uh, would, would have to do all the work themselves, we would still say it's not a Mekach Tos. Adds the Gemara, even if you have to pay someone to do it, we still would assume that that's not considered a mekachtos. It's not inherent in the apartment. Yes, I was wrong in my contract, but it doesn't make null and void the contract because people like doing these types of things. This is a mitzvah. We like, hopefully, we like doing mitzvahs. So says the Gemara, it's not a mekachtos. What's implied from the Gemara, if there was a condition similar to this, for example, I'm giving you a clean house, not a chametz, just a clean house. That might be a mekachtos because you're not cleaning for a mitzvah, you're cleaning stump. There's just an inference to make from the Gemara. We're going to learn one more sugya and wrap up to the top of Hamad Aleph. Um, the reason we're doing that is because Thursdays are blot and a half days and I need to save as much time on Thursdays as I can. So we're going to wrap up um, about the top 10 lines of Daf Hamad Aleph and then we'll stop. You'll still make Marv tonight if you're davening at the 9.30. We're at the two dots, two-thirds of the way down. Let's get into a very, very central sugya in Maseches Psachim about when we have to stop eating chametz. We mentioned it once already, and we're going to mention it again now. It's not hasam. We have a Mishnah that's going to be learned later on in the Masechta. 
Reb Meir Omer, Reb Meir says, Ochlen kol chamesh, you can eat chametz all of the fifth hour on the 14th of Nisan. Besorfen betchilas sheish, you burn it in the beginning of the sixth. And at the end of the sixth, beginning of the seventh, is when the iser de oraisa of achilas chametz triggers. Shitas Reb Meir. Reb Yehuda Omer, Ochlen kol arba, he pushes the iser de rabbanan back yet another hour. You're allowed to eat the whole fourth hour. Betolen kol chamesh, in the fifth hour, you don't do anything. And besorfen betchilas sheish, you do sreifa on the chametz at the beginning of the sixth hour. And again, by the end of the seventh hour, that's when the Isra Doraisa kicks in of Achilas chametz. So says the Gemara, what's the common denominator between the, the Tzad HaShav and says the Gemara, Everyone agrees that once we get to six hours in, on the day, the halacha is midoraisa na la'id chametz. Minolan, where do we know this from? Very important halacha, because it's so unique. We have no other cases, midoraisa, where you have an iser de oraisa status that kicks in at, at hour six. It's, these are not normal halachos. It only applies here. Minolan, how do we know this? Amar Abaye, we know this from two psukim that don't seem to make sense with one another until we until we hear Abaye's explanation. Amar Abaye, tre krae ksibe. There are two verses that are written. Ksi, one pasuk says, follow carefully in the language because we're going to pick on it in a moment. Number one, shivas yamim seor lo Seven days you're not allowed to have chametz in your house. And the next pasuk, uksiv ach b'yom harishon, on the first day, seemingly the first of the seven days, tashpisusa or mibatechen. On the first day, you should get rid of it. Well, hold on. Hold on one second. You just said all seven days were chametz free. Now I have to, the first pasuk said seven days are chametz free. The second pasuk says, do the tashpisu, destroy your chametz on day one. That's a contradiction to the first pasuk. So how do we understand the two pasukim together? So answers the Gemara, Haketzad, how do we understand these Pesukim? They don't make sense. Answers the Gemara, what does the second Pesuk mean when it says Biyom Rishon? Biyom Rishon doesn't mean the, first, mean the first of the seven days. It means before the seven days. So not starting with the 15th through the 22nd of Nisan where there's an Isra Chametz, but going back to the day before the 15th on the 14th. We know that on that day that there's going to be an Isra Chametz. Lerabos Arbaasar Lebiur. That on that day is the day you have to destroy all of your Chametz and hinted to here, though not said explicitly, you not only have to burn it, but it becomes Usar to eat as well. Okay. The Ema, maybe we could have argued Lerabos Lele Chamisha Asar Lebiur. Maybe we could have argued that Bir Chametz wasn't to be brought back to the 14th during the day. Maybe it was just meant to be before the day of the 15th at the night of the 15th. You know, the night by the Pesach Seder, that's not daytime. Maybe we should assume that the Torah didn't mean that the Yisra of Achilas Chametz starts during the day on the 14th. It just means before the, the day of the 15th. Well, what's the, before the day of the 15th? The night of the 15th, says the Gemara. The Selka Daita Chamina, three lines from the bottom. I might have thought, Yamim Ksiv. The Pasuk says, Shivas Yamim, seven days. Yamim In. Yes, the, the eight days, that's when there's an Isra to own Chametz, and therefore we need to make sure we get rid of it. Lay low, slow, but at night, that's not a problem. And maybe therefore we should do Bdikas Chametz, not Bdikas Chametz, maybe we should do Bior Chametz on the night of the 15th, right before we do Achilas Matzah, says the Gemara, Kamash Malan. Afilu Lelos, what we learn from the Psukim is that no, that's not correct, is that we even include the knights in the Isra of owning Chametz and Achilas Chametz. Says the Gemara, hold on one second, Ahu, this whole drasha that you made, Lo Isrichale, I don't need a Pasuk to tell me that the night of the 15th is a night in which you're not allowed to have Chametz. You're literally having the Pesach Seder. Of course, you can't have Chametz in your house. 
but the Gemara presents it in a much more uh, sophisticated fashion by giving a double heckish, a double comparison to teach us that this is the case. Deha says the Gemara, top of Hamad Aleph, Deha Iskash Hashbosas Seor Lachilas Chametz. There is an equation made of the destruction of Chametz, Hashbosas Seor Lachilas Chametz, so the Isra of eating Chametz, and then a second heckish of Achilas Chametz, Lachilas Matzah. Let's see what these two connections are. And all of this is speaking about the night of the 15th of Pesach Seder night. What's the link between destroying chametz and the Isra of eating chametz? Seven days you're not allowed to have chametz in your house. That's, that's issue one. That's hashbasa seor. Because we see that the destruction of the chametz and the Isra achila of the chametz are put in the same camp. And then, fifth line, the achilas chametz. We see those two things are put together as well. The eating of chametz, the isra of eating of chametz, and the mitzvah of eating matzah also can't coexist. How so? Um, the Pasuk writes, You're not allowed to have any leavened bread within your camp. And as well, We know that you're supposed to eat matzah at night. So you gave me from a pasuk that the nights are exempt. You thought we should make a diuk, yamim in, lelo slow. Maybe we should do biur chametz, the night of the 15th. So that's where we can't, we can't do that. That doesn't work because this double heckish teaches me, here is what cannot coexist, chametz and matzah. And we know be'erev tochlu matzos on the night of the 15th we eat matzah. By definition, it's already usher to own chametz. And then by definition, you cannot do beer chametz at that time. It has to be done earlier. Therefore, it must be done in the, in the earlier days. So says the Gemara, well, hold on one second. The aim of the rabos, maybe we should, we should say, leil yadal the beer. Maybe we should destroy the chametz on the night when we do bdikas chametz on the 14th. We do bdikas chametz and beer. We don't do that, right? We do beer the next day. Says the Gemara, we can't do that. We know that this iser of chametz begins during the day. Maybe we should assume that the Isser del Raisa of Hamid starts in the morning right when you get, get, get up. Last two words for the day, but very important words. Ah, the Pasuk says, if you look at the Pasuk that we, the second Pasuk that was quoted by Abaye, six lines from the bottom on Dalaram and the Pasuk says, Ah, Bayom Arishon. Ah, Chilek. Ah teaches me to split the day in half. So it does not start by the morning, it starts at the middle of the day. And therefore, everyone agrees, Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda, that we are not allowed to eat Hamid starting at the middle of the day on the 14th. It cannot be on the 15th because of the double heckish, because you cannot have coexisting matzah and chametz. And therefore, we know that it starts in the middle of the day on the 14th. We'll stop with this on Shabbos. We'll do approximately a blot and a half. We'll do all of daf hay and daf vav amud aleph. And then on, uh, and then that's, what's today? Today's Wednesday. Tomorrow night, we'll do a blot and a half. Shabbos as well, we'll do a blot and a half. And then Sunday, we're back to one blot. Have a beautiful night.